Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy one beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus taught the crowds in parables. Parable comes from a Greek word, parabole, meaning a comparison, a story. In other words, as Jesus used them to make a moral point. And two parables we hear today in the Gospel. The first is about a grain of mustard seed, the second, leaven. Let's consider each of them in turn. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed which a man sowed in a field. Although it's the least of all seeds, it grows into a great bush or tree on which birds come to rest. How do we interpret this parable? What is Jesus, what moral point is he making? Well, <clears throat> the fathers, the great saints, have seen different meanings of the parable, different interpretations. Okay? A common understanding is that the man who sows the seed is Jesus Christ, and the mustard seed is the good news, the gospel message, the scriptures, the word of God, which is implanted in men's hearts, begins to grow there, to blossom into the tree of faith, we may say. And <clears throat> recall that Jesus says the kingdom of God is within you. That word of God begins to grow in us. Parents need to plant that seed in their children so that faith will grow. It must be nurtured. The other saints have a slightly different interpretation. St. Hilary, St. Gregory the Great, say that Jesus Christ himself is the mustard seed which was buried in the garden of the Holy Sepulchre when Christ died and when he rose it grew into a great tree. The branches on that tree represent the apostles who stretched out their arms with the power of Christ onto which the peoples of the earth fleeing the sins of the flesh, earthly pleasures, the devil take refuge in these branches. <clears throat> Jesus also likens the kingdom of heaven, our second parable, to leaven, <clears throat> which a woman took, hid in three measures of meal, until the whole of it was leavened. John, see John Chrysostom, his name was actually Chrysostom, that's Greek for golden mouth. He spoke with such eloquence <clears throat> in his preaching. <clears throat> he gave a beautiful sermon on this parable, saying that the leaven represents the apostles, that Jesus was trying to build confidence in the apostles. He was really telling them, just as the leaven, though small, gives its own strength to the great mass of the dough, so shall you change the whole world and convert it to the gospel, convert it to me. Therefore, <clears throat> say not to me, what can we do who are but twelve men against so great a multitude? For the leaven is not simply placed in the dough, but thoroughly kneaded into it and ferments into the whole mass. So shall you, when you are commingled with the men of the world, overcome them by preaching the gospel. How can this happen? Well, St. John Chrysostom goes on to say that it is Christ himself who 
gives power to the leaven. He himself strengthens them through his grace. Therefore, says Jesus of the twelve, let none of you be troubled at your fewness in number, for great is the power of the gospel. Then St. John Chrysostom asks, we be all of us, okay, if twelve men could leaven the whole world, how unprofitable are we who are so great in number, yet we cannot convert those that remain. <clears throat> and why is it that we are such unprofitable servants in this regard, that we cannot go out and convert the whole rest of the world? Well, what is it that the apostles had that we lack? <clears throat> Have you ever tried to convert someone to our Catholic faith and used good arguments, but they just did not listen? Your words fell on deaf ears. Yes, I'm sure it's happened to you, it's happened to me. And, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> to answer that rhetorical question I posed just a minute ago, why can't we convert the world? I'll turn to another great preacher, a convert from Anglicanism, the blessed John Henry Cardinal Newman. I love this quote, I use it many times in homilies. He says, The heart is commonly reached not through reason, but through direct impressions. That holiness embodied in personal form, not in abstract propositions, is what converts and holds the world to Christ. Its force is next only to that of the grace of God. Well, <clears throat> the truth is that personal holiness attracts people to Christ more than well-reasoned arguments do. It's true, we must know our faith, we must study it, be able to explain it and defend it. But even more important than that is exhibiting that holiness in life which will convert minds and hearts. People will see Christ in us. That's what does it. It's all His grace anyway. It's, it's not our arguments really that do it. But seeing Christ in us, that holiness. Yesterday I was talking with Peter in our choir who was sick in Germany for a while. Um, <clears throat> he was in the part of Germany that was called Saxony at one time. He said so many people have just lost the faith and have no faith. You try to talk to them and it's very difficult to get people out of that mentality of, uh, of not believing. And yes, we can try, we can say things, we can pray, but it is that holiness of life that people see in us. St. John Newman, or Blessed John Newman says, that will change them. Holiness is beautiful and the beauty Holiness will attract the heart of others. St. John Chrysostom says in the same sermon, actually he asks, see you not how the beauty of a good life can help others. Don't you see how this, this can't help? 
but help others, this beauty of a good life, lead them to Jesus Christ. Let us, in the spirit of this gospel here today, this beautiful gospel, Christ's words are always beautiful, <clears throat> ask grace through the Eucharist, if we are so disposed to receive our Lord today, that we may grow in holiness in order that Christ may be seen in us and that by seeing Christ in us, that others will be drawn to that beauty of that holiness of Christ in us and come to accept and believe in Jesus as our Lord, our King, our Savior. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.